Hi, I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell. Welcome to Panther City Partners. I'm so excited that you're here today. Uh, this is a podcast that is devoted to talking about transition and changes and whatever that looks like for you. Um, I started as a, a coach. I do academic and life coaching, and I kind of wanted to bring some of the things that I was learning with my clients into a space where I could share that with more people. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, I always like to say the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. And I'm hoping this podcast can really be one of those um, places that you rely on um, to not have to go through things alone. I've had a lot of conversations with different people on this podcast about changes and about transitions from college to the real world, um, from the real world with a certain college degree and transitioning into new careers and new opportunities. I've had conversations with parents who are navigating their own kids' transitions because when our kids go through transitions, that really is a transition for us too as parents. I've had conversations with lots of women about what transition looks like for them or what transition looks like for the people that they work with or the people in their lives. And today I wanted to take a step back and really look at transitions in general. Um, transitions are happening all the time. I mean, truly, I believe the only constant is change because really it's true. Things are constantly changing around us. Our kids are growing up. We're changing on the inside. Jobs, even if we stay at the same position, jobs are changing. Our roles at those positions are changing. Our friendships change as we grow older. Our marriages or our intimate relationships change as we grow older. And so really that constant in our lives is change. And change can be so overwhelming and transitions can be so overwhelming. So what I thought I'd do for the next few sessions is just talk about some practical skills that I've learned for navigating transitions. You know, when my kids were really little, they're still pretty young. They're still in elementary school. But when, my, when I first had my son, he's my firstborn, um, I would tell my mom these things that he was dealing with. And I, I don't know how to handle this mom. And she would say, oh, don't worry about it. It'll change soon. And, you know, of course she was right. She raised three children. She knew what she was talking about. But it got me thinking that, like, yeah, she's right, but I don't want to feel this overwhelmed every single time we go through one of these changes or every single time something new starts to happen. So I've kind of developed these strategies that have worked for me. Um, and so I'd like to share them with you about navigating transitions. Um, there's about six of them. And so um, I'll just tell you what they all are, and then we're going to go through each of them a little more slowly and a little more deeply. Um, the first is um, that you should make a plan. Um, then you need to be flexible. You need to use your resources. Um, you need to trust yourself. Um, and then you want to avoid MSU, which is making stuff up. Sometimes it's making shit up because we all do that in our heads. So I guess that's really only five. Um, but those transition, those strategies have really helped me a lot. Um, and so I want to talk about those, uh, give them on their own space and their own time. Before I dive into them, though, I want to talk a little bit about transitions in general. So there's different types of transitions. There are planned transitions that we know are going to happen. We're going to move. That is usually that is a planned transition. Like my family several years ago, I've talked about this. We moved from Austin to Fort Worth, and that was a plan. My husband and I sat down and we talked about what are the um, the consequences and the positives and negatives of moving. And so that was a planned transition. Sometimes in our lives, we deal with unplanned transitions. 
Um, an unexpected death of a family member or an unexpected loss of a job, an unexpected loss of a relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship or a friendship relationship. Those unplanned transitions can be extremely difficult and extremely overwhelming. Um, there's also very significant transitions. You know, some of the ones that I've mentioned are significant. A divorce is a very significant transition. It's going to have a big impact, not just on your own personal life, but on the lives of your children or the friends or your family members. So that's a pretty big, significant transition. And then there's also transitions that are kind of insignificant, like transitioning from the car to school in the morning or from the house to getting to school. Those those seem like insignificant transitions. Um, they do have an impact on our lives. I'm not saying they can't have a huge impact on how we feel about the day or the, the attitude that we have going into every morning, but they are not life-altering necessarily transitions. But regardless of the type of transition, whether it's planned or unplanned, significant or insignificant, we can use these strategies to help us navigate them. And so the first one is make a plan. And I am a huge planner. Um, I have a little confession. I am a recovering perfectionist. I didn't realize I was a perfectionist um, until later in life. And so it's taken me a little longer to try to recover from it. Brene Brown has an excellent book called The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, She is a a world-renowned social worker. She works out of um, the University of Houston, and she has had lots of books. Um, But it kind of all starts with this idea of perfectionism and that we... um, we feel a lot of shame and guilt when we don't meet our expectations of perfection. And so I don't want us to think about making a plan in the terms of it has to be the perfect plan. I really want us to think about making a plan in terms of setting some boundaries or making a roadmap, kind of um, setting out some guidelines for how you'd like for things to go. Now, now we all make plans. We, we have morning routines and afternoon routines. I'm a big fan of picking out my clothes the night before so that I know what I'm going to wear the next morning. It makes my morning go a little smoother because then I don't spend 10 minutes trying to figure out what I want to wear in the morning when I don't have 10 minutes. Um, I do it the night before. And I've encouraged my, my children to, to, follow this model of picking out clothes. I have to say, huge shout out to Fort Worth ISD elementary school kids wear uniforms and that has made my life and my children's lives wonderful. So that is a really nice way. They've made a plan. They've made a plan for us so that we don't have to, they can just take that off of our plate. Um, Travel itineraries, when we go places, we don't just show up and not know what we're going to do. And I do have some friends who do show up and not know what they're going to do. But the moment they get there, they talk to the concierge and make a plan. So whether you make your plan before you travel or you make your your plan right when you get there, you're still making a plan. Budgets, I mean, that's a huge plan, the way that we're going to spend our money, how we're going to make sure we paid for all of our bills, we pay off our debt, and we also still have money left over to do things with. The fun things like going out to eat or going or traveling if, if we're so lucky. Um, I make a plan for grocery lists. I'm actually a meal planner, so I like to plan out um, what I'm going to eat, what the family is going to eat for a week or two at a time so that when I go to the grocery store, I'm not just buying a bunch of random things. Sometimes I like to say, um, I have so many ingredients in the house, but there's no food to eat. And that's because I haven't made a very good plan with my grocery list. I just bought a bunch of stuff, but not necessarily figured out how I was going to use that in meals. So that's a way that I make a plan. I, I do make a plan now, and I do create these grocery lists. 
rests. Sometimes we even plan our rest and relaxation. You know, I've been, um, I had a, a, a girl's trip over the summer where I hung out with some of my girlfriends from college and I made us a plan so that we would make sure we got to do all the things we wanted to do, like enjoy each other's company, but then also have some downtime of hanging out in the pool at our, at our Airbnb. Um, when it comes to transitions, having a plan really is invaluable. And even when new transitions are thrust upon us or those unplanned transitions, um, having that plan helps us to cope. Okay. It helps us know how to navigate that transition. Um, you know, when you have an unplanned transition, like losing a job, um, sometimes the very first thing that people do is they start planning. Where am I going to go next? What does that look like? Um, where can I apply? What skills do I have? Do I need to do anything to get, gain other skills? You also make a plan with um, your budget. How much money do I have right now? How long can I make it without a job? If, I, if it takes me a little time to get my next job, what's that going to look like for my personal finances or my family finances? We also make um, a plan when we are dealing with maybe um, a diagnosis of an illness. Um, we plan out our treatment, usually with a, with a doctor or some kind of medical pro provider's care or guidance, but we do make a plan. We might make a plan for um, how are, are we going to get a second opinion or a third opinion or what does it look like to, to live life with our family with this medical diagnosis. So we all do this. Um, and it's, it's something that, that we've done in so many times that I don't think we realize we're always doing it. But I think what I want to make sure that today is that we think about is that we think about how to be aware of the planning that we're doing and how we can really use that planning to our benefit. Um, you know, I think about my morning routine with my kids, um, and I think about how um, I've made lists for us. You know, we have a pretty strict routine. We get up about 6.30. My spouse now makes dinner, breakfast. I used to make breakfast all the time and do the entire morning routine, but he wanted to, he realized that he was missing out on something in the morning. So he joined our morning routine and it's been great, I have to say, to have a partner in the morning routine crime. Um, but also it gives him an opportunity to connect with our kids more. Um, so we get up, you have to, this is the rule, you have to be dressed before you come to breakfast because I've tried it the other way and it just does not work for my family. Um, we take too long at breakfast and then there's not enough time to um, actually get your clothes on. So you have to be dressed. You have to eat the food that's there. You have to eat the food that's in front of you. Um, Spencer, my spouse, is really accommodating and really nice about making breakfast for the kids. He actually asks them what they want. That's very kind of him. I, when I was my job, I just made a plan and just this is the food you're going to eat. Um, so we, we make a plan about breakfast too. Um, and then after breakfast, you have to brush your teeth and you need to get your shoes on and make sure your bag is ready to go. Then, and only then, if there's time, you can play. And many a morning, our children have plenty of time to play. And uh, many a morning, they have zero time to play because they're not getting all their stuff done. Now, we've made this plan. We have talked about it with the kids. The kids know the plan. Um, I know the plan. Spencer knows the plan. We even made a list one time of the plan. And yet, inevitably, um, something gets in the way of the plan. Um, we 
you know, we can't find the socks or we can't find the shoes or the clothes are in the dryer from last night, but they never got started. So there are no clean uniforms. Um, There's always some kind of thing that is throwing a disruption in our plan. And that can be um, disconcerting to say the least. Um, Often what happens is that the whole morning then falls apart, right? Um, Somebody starts crying, somebody starts yelling, somebody refuses to eat, somebody won't get their stuff done. Um, And so the idea of having a plan can kind of seem like, well, if you're going to deal with these disruptions, why would you make a plan anyway? But really the reason that I, it's so important for me to make a plan is so that I have something to return to. Um, be, making a plan is really a way for me to, I don't want to say control the situation because clearly I can't control the situation, but it gives me a way to control myself in the situation. Um, you know, it's real easy to, to say, oh, I have this plan and I have to stick to it at all costs. But I think that there, there, there's something missing there if I, if I make a plan and I can, and I stick to it at all costs. But it's important for me to have that plan in the first place. It gives me a mindset. It gives me a frame of reference for where where I want to go. Um, the The plan gives me a roadmap. And so the analogy that I like to use is that it's a lot like um, when I get in the car to drive somewhere and I need to use Google Maps. So when I get in the car, um, before I start the car, or at least before I put it in drive, I type in the address of where I'm going. And I Google Maps picks a plan. It gives me a couple of choices if I need them. And then I start off following their route. And sometimes when I'm following that route, I just go directly to from point A to point B. And I have followed their plan smoothly. It's gone wonderfully. And that's what, I mean, that's what it would be nice if transitions happened that way all the time, where I've made this plan and I follow my roadmap and I get from point A to point B of the transition and things are smooth and, you know, there wasn't any traffic and there weren't any car accidents along the way and I didn't have to stop and get gas or I didn't have a blowout or my tire. Um, but sometimes those things happen. Sometimes I'm in the car with, and I have to stop to go to, you know, grab something to eat, or I have to stop and go to the bathroom or, you know, there is, um, a bunch of construction on the way. Now, the nice thing is that when I exit the freeway and I go to the convenience store, I get a drink or we go to the bathroom or we get a snack. Um, it's real easy for me to just pop back on to the road and follow that plan still. I, I have that roadmap already created. Google has created it for me. Thank you, Google. Um, and so I can just follow that map again. And that's kind of the thing that I like about creating a plan for navigating life's transitions is because, yes, inevitably there are going to be little disruptions or there's going to be little detours. But if I've created a plan in advance, then I can easily get back onto that plan. I can easily get back onto that roadmap and continue on my transition to get to point to, to get to point B. Um, so when I make the plan, I'm really doing that mostly for me and mostly for my peace of mind. It's it's a way for me to create some calm in the chaos because I know that I can always return to my plan if I get knocked off, of course. Some other examples of plans that I like to make are, um, now my spouse is the best at this. Um, he likes to do research. Now, we pretty much don't make a purchase unless Spencer has 
really, really, really researched it. It's hard for even us to go out to dinner sometimes if he hasn't researched the restaurant to see what kind of stars it gets on Yelp. Um, that's why we wind up going to the same restaurants over and over again. But if we're traveling and we're trying to find a, a place to stop along the along our route, um, he is not just going to look up where a restaurant is, do that kind of research. He's going to take it a step further and he's going to find out the reviews for that um, restaurant. Now, you know, you can you can do this kind of research in any any field. If you're if you're changing jobs, you want to do research on the company that you're maybe planning to go to. Um, if your your child is going to go to a different school, you want to do some research before you get there. But researching is one of those ways that we really make that plan. We start to be aware of what are the pros and what are the cons. Um, organization is another example of of making a plan. So. When you organize things, you are making a plan so that you can find something again in the future. Whether it's your clothes that you're organizing, whether it's children's toys, or whether it's your own hobbies or your office or your desk, making that choice to organize things, your pantry, for example, is really making a plan so that you can find things again in the future. Um, I am a big organizer when it comes to certain things now don't look at my desk. It's a mess right now. But for my children's toys, I like for things to be organized because I am the one who is often tasked with finding the thing. Right now, for my son, the thing is a little bendable, movable Spider-Man. And he wants to be able to know where that is all the time. Now, I don't play with it, but I am expected to know where it is. So if he puts it back in the same place every day, if he organizes his toys, then when it's time to find that little guy later, when it's time to find the thing, then we can go back to where it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, I, you and I both know that doesn't always happen, but it is a good way to make a plan, to be organized. Um, routines. We create routines for lots of things. Now, you may not always realize that you're creating a routine, but if you... Um, wash your face, brush your teeth, put on your pajamas before bed, that's a routine. And so by creating these routines, we're setting up plans for certain things, the things that we have to do over and over again. You know, we have a routine for dinner. I make dinner. The kids help me set the table. We eat dinner as a family, and then we take the food and put it away and put our dishes away. And those little routines, those little pockets of um, traditions can really help um, help our help us navigate, but help our children navigate things too. When we create these routines, we're giving them a roadmap for how to handle and navigate transitions. Um, you know, especially with my children, I've learned that um, they really do crave boundaries. And when I have let them do whatever they want, um, that's when things go bad really fast. So when we have little routines for certain things, um, then they can, they can conform to those boundaries. I have a son who, um, likes to push buttons, which he likes to push the boundaries, but once he knows what the boundaries are, he can conform to them. He really is a rule follower, even though it doesn't always seem like he is. Um, but he has pushed and pushed and pushed and found out the absolute limits of those rules and those boundaries of those routines. And then he can stay within them. Um, but first he has to know for sure that there are boundaries. And so we set boundaries by creating routines for getting ready in the morning, for getting ready in the evening, the tasks that we must complete each day um, in order to progress um, and have some 
calm in our chaotic lives. Um, oh, another, another way to create plans is when you have procedures at work. You know, there are procedures for onboarding a new employee. There are procedures for offboarding an employee who's no longer going to work at your company. Um, There are procedures for how you turn in your timesheets. There are procedures for how you request days off. Those kinds of procedures help make a plan so that everyone can follow them. You know, procedures really help normalize these transitions that we all have to go through. Now, of course, everything can't have a procedure associated with it, but the things that can have a procedure associated with it, that creates a plan there that everyone can follow. And when everyone can follow it, it makes it a lot easier to um, navigate those kinds of transitions. I am a big believer in packing lists. So when we go on vacation, I make a list of the things that we need. And this really helps me think ahead and be aware of what are the types of situations we're going to be in on this vacation and what kind of clothes are going to be required of those situations. Uh, Every now and then, I'll just throw clothes in a bag before a weekend excursion and And I just always feel discombobulated once I'm there, like, I have three shirts and one pair of pants, but what am I going to wear? So I really have to think through what I'm going to wear, and and I have to pick out my clothes, and I have to create that packing list. And I have found that that's really helpful when navigating um, vacations with my children, too. I do let them pack. I do require that they pack their own bags, but I want to see what is in their bag, and I want to tell them, okay, we're going to have five nights or two nights. You need two of this and two of that. And then let's think about the weather. So creating that awareness um, to make a plan for your packing list for your clothes. Um, Another example of of making a plan is um, time management. Now, we have to organize our time so that we get everything done. And I, I, speci- I especially talk about this with my college student clients because I think I've mentioned this before. They often just write down due dates, but they don't make a plan for when they are going to, to do the work to be prepared for their due dates. So time management is really a skill that if you're learning that early in your life, then it's an easy way to, it's an easy thing to continue later in life, but it is a form of making a plan. I am going to plan out how long I think this task is going to take. I'm going to plan out when I'm going to accomplish certain goals so that I can be ready. Now, we have to have a, a family calendar. I think I've mentioned this before because, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in a family between two work schedules, children's schedules, extracurricular activities, um, family events. Um, there's just a lot of things going on, friend events. So we we do have a calendar that we share. My, my husband and I share this calendar so that we can not only see what things need to be done, but when we need to do them. So for example, you know, we both have something going on this evening. He has something and I have something that the kids are not going to be involved in. So we have to have that on our calendar so we'll know that we need to get a babysitter or get a family member to help us take care of our children. We have to make that plan with our time. We have to manage our time so that we can make sure all of the, everything is still taken care of. If we didn't have that calendar and I had my thing and he had his thing, we'd both get home to, you know, we'd both wake up this morning and say, okay, well, I'll see you about 9 p.m. tonight or I'll see you about 8 p.m. because we have things to do and where would the kids be? So making that plan and having that time management um, plan really does help alleviate some of the chaos in our our marital relationship, but also in our family. 
Um, now, I'm, uh, this is one of those things I'm telling you, you, you know this, and it's easy to think about it in terms of making sure you have childcare for your kid. Um, of course, you're going to do that. But you, if you are making a plan and having the, the, that time management, being aware of how you're managing your time in other areas of your life too, then um, it, can, it can alleviate some of that, that chaos that, that we tend to have during transitions. Um, Making a plan is just so much more than writing lists down. It really is a way that we can take control of our overwhelming feelings. Um, Those feelings are going to come along with transitions, whether the transition is planned or unplanned, whether it's a really significant transition or whether it's a kind of an insignificant transition. The feeling of overwhelm is going to be there. And when we've made a plan, whether it's a big, major, life-altering plan or whether it's just a simple routine for how we're going to get in bed tonight, um, it's going to help alleviate that overwhelmed and anxiety feeling that that comes with transitions because transitions do invoke some kind of feeling. Okay, some of us the feeling of transition is exciting and it's new and this is going to be awesome. I'm so thrilled to be able to get to do something different. But for a lot of us, transitions are just flat scary. And if we haven't made that plan, if we haven't thought through how we're going to navigate those transitions, then the scary takes over. And then we kind of get paralyzed and can't navigate the transition. So I really want you to think about and just start to be aware of what kind of plans can you make? Um, Because you can make plans. Um, Now, next time we'll talk about what to do when life throws you for a loop about being flexible. But when you start with a plan, trust me, it's a lot easier to be flexible later. Um, So we're talking about transitions. We're talking about um, how to navigate them. And one thing that I want to start doing is I want I read a lot. And so I wanted to share some of the books that I've read with y'all. And so one book that has really been helpful for me is called Mindset. Now you can see that I have several pages that are earmarked or, or um, marked for me to return to. But of all of the books I've read in the last several years, this has had a huge impact on the way that I think about things. I mean, that's what it's about. It's a mindset, um, how you can learn to your full potential, but also how you can create in your mind um, how you want to interact and how you want to show up for the day. So um, Carol S. Dweck, she talks about um, the fixed mindset versus the um, growth mindset and how she's not saying that one is better than the other because really she's not saying that. What she's saying is that you get to choose what kind of mindset you want to have about something. And if you choose to have the fixed mindset, that's what this means. And if you choose that you want to have a growth mindset, um, then that's what here's what that would look like. The best example that I can give is that I've always had a really fixed mindset about math, that I have never felt like I was good at math. And so when I, when I have that fixed mindset about I'm not good at math, I could never be good at math, then I'm really limiting my potential. When I change that and have a growth mindset about that and, and, and realize that I'm not good at math, I could be good at math if I wanted to be good at math. That's really having that growth mindset. But I've made a choice about math that it's not... Um, me understanding calculus is not super important to my daily life and it's not super important to my career choices. So I'm okay with not really knowing math. I'm okay with my fixed mindset. 
But in other areas of my life, in personal development and my and my mindset as a parent, I really want to have that growth mindset because I want to think, I want to know that I can do better and that I can learn and that I can grow in this role as a parent. So understanding the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and having the awareness to know that, yes, I can choose which mindset I want to have in different situations um, has been really empowering to me and has really made me feel more confident um, about not knowing things because I can learn them if I want to. And it's made me feel more confident about this personal growth journey that we're all on. Um, regardless of whether we admit that we're on a personal growth journey, we are. And we're tra- we're navigating life's transitions every single day. And having a fixed or a growth mindset about that navigation of life, um, about those transitions, can really help you um, choose where you want to go and how you want to show up in those spaces. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being with me as I discuss um, navigating life's transitions. Um, It's something that's been really important to me lately. And and when I sit back and I take time to plan and be aware of these transitions and be aware of how I want to show up in these transitions, it has really made a huge impact on how I can navigate them. Remember, please, to follow me on Instagram at panthercitypartners.com. You can find some videos of the 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 podcast on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Panther City Partners. Please follow us there. Remember to download, like, share, um, rate, all of the things that you do with podcasts to make sure that people know that you are enjoying it. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you for listening to um a discussion or a conversation about navigating life's transitions. I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell with Panther City Partners. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Thank you. Thank you.